Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Thank you, Sheila. Lovely voluntary. And um, we welcome you to this Reformation Sunday. Red, Reformation, Martin Luther, all those good themes from years and years and years gone by. I'm going to sing you a Reformation song right now, some of those basic words of Martin Luther's. And you are welcome today. Welcome all those people that are online. And we are so glad that you are here this morning. Reformation song. mighty rock on which we build. In every line the truth is found, and every page with glory filled. Through faith alone we come to you. We have no merit we can claim. Sure that your promise promises are true. We place our hope in Jesus' name. Gloria, Gloria, glory to God alone. Gloria, Gloria, glory to Christ alone we're justified, His righteousness is all our plea, Your love's demands are satisfied, His perfect work has set us free, glory saved. All that we are has come from you. Hearts that were once by sin enslaved, now by your power have been made new. Glory, glory, glory to
welcome. Welcome to worship. Thank you for being here. The choir is ready to sing for us. The table has been set by the Altar Guild, and we have all made it down 525 to the sanctuary. So thanks for being here this morning, and thanks to all those that Carl greeted online already, but thanks uh, for joining us online. I think of Bill Schmid this morning, Bill's birthday today. Happy birthday, Bill, if you're watching. And I visited this week with Arlene Diamond, and Arlene used to sing in the choir, and she said, every Sunday morning, I'm with you every Sunday morning. So Arlene, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, the order of service is printed for you uh, in the bulletin. Everything will be projected for you uh, as well. And uh, it's just good to be together. So if it's comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first of our Reformation hymns, A Mighty Fortress, is our God. Song prayer, Curie eleison, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on us.
hymn of praise, the church's one foundation. be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word, protect and comfort them, feed them, forgive them, and inspire them, that together we can go forth from this sanctuary to follow Jesus in our daily life, to claim our promise place in the priesthood of all believers. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. morning. Our reading this morning for Reformation Sunday comes from the third chapter of Romans. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord.
Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, the choir. Uh, are you ready out there? Ready? Okay, so we're moving to our gospel text, and uh, you're going to help me with this because I want it deeply ingrained in your brain here. So repeat after me. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Good. Fantastic. I would expect nothing less. Well, look who came to see us today, all the way from Germany, made in Germany, traveled back from Germany with me, stays in my office. This is Luther holding the Bible, in case you didn't know. It's a nutcracker, in case you didn't know. <laughs> but he's never cracked a nut that I know of, not in my office anyway. Luther, um, Luther loved the church. He, in fact, had given his life to the church. And he had paid a huge personal cost when he decided that he could best follow Jesus by taking the vows of an Augustinian monk. You see, he weathered his earthly father's disappointment, and he answered the call of his heavenly father. He would leave law school, and he would become a priest. Luther loved the church, but by the fall of 1517, it was clear to Luther that the church he loved had gone astray, and so he was left with two choices, really. He could follow his conscience, speak out, and seek reform, or he could keep quiet, keep quiet and go along with an oppressive misguided movement that Christianity had become. You see, there were no other choices for him because, you know what? There were no other church bodies. There were no Methodists, no Baptists, no Presbyterians, no Episcopalians. It seemed at that point that he had nowhere to go. The Church of Rome had lost its way. Not all at once. Things rarely go south all at once. It happened over hundreds of years. In times of plague, global cooling, famine, war, palace intrigue, and political upheaval, the church had survived, but it had gone astray. Indulgences were being sold. What were indulgences? It was a cash for forgiveness scheme. For money, you could purchase a get-out-of-hell-free card from the local priest. Now, it was a very effective moneymaker that preyed on the illiterate, ill-informed, terrified, and superstitious peasants. Indulgences were a misguided or intentional fraud that had nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with the Bible, and would not be sold by the Roman Catholic Church today. Indulgences supplemented the offerings of the poor, and the result were magnificent. Magnificent cathedrals were built. And if you travel today to Rome, or just about any European country or major city, what are you going to see? You see these amazing cathedrals. 
you also see priceless artwork and prime real estate, all belonging to the Church of Rome. In fact, approximately one-third of all the land in Western Europe belonged to the church in 1500. You heard that right. One-third of all the land in Western Europe. And the burden, the burden for the building programs was placed squarely on the backs of the poor. The church relied on superstition and fear to motivate illiterate peasants. Now, it sounds a little crazy to us, does it not? But most of us would pay almost any amount of money if we truly believed that we could cure a loved one's disease or spring grandma from purgatory. The church had lost its way, and it happened slowly. That's the way it goes. One step, one small step, one more, one more, and soon you have moved so far, so far away from Jesus, so far away from the truth, so far away that you can't really seem to find your way back without major reformation. The Augustinian monk and professor of the New Testament, Martin Luther, visited Rome in 1511. He went there on official church business, and when he arrived, the most expensive church ever built, St. Peter's, was under construction. Meanwhile, next door, a 31-year-old Michelangelo was laying on his back, painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Luther visited Rome, and it changed his life forever. Luther, who took vows of poverty and chastity and obedience, was overwhelmed by the riches, by the extravagant lifestyles of the clergy, and by the general debauchery of the Roman church. Now, we're going to watch a little film clip, and here you're going to see Luther joining other pilgrims. He'll be viewing relics which were thought to have magic powers, and he'll be paying money to escape the wrath of God. Ich 
him dropping the get out of hell free card that he just paid for it's Hollywood but it gives you an idea you see the church had lost its way and it does not happen all at once no it happens slowly over time one decision at a time taking our eyes off of Jesus forgetting the vows that we've taken and getting helplessly lost The church had lost its way. Luther sought to reform the church he loved. He longed to bring the prodigal church back to Jesus. Institutions and individuals sometimes lose their way. It happens slowly, one decision at a time. I've been with many couples through the years, sad and broken, they sit in my office, And they had good intentions, real love, real commitment. And soon there were children and bills to be paid and dry cleaning to be picked up and careers to tend to and aging parents to care for. And they moved slowly, slowly, slowly apart. And there was no ill intention, no thoughts of betrayal, never imagining that over time they would move, move so far apart they could not find their way back to each other, at least not without major reformation, counseling, and a renewed commitment. 
Alcoholics are not addicted overnight. It happens one drink at a time, one more, one more, one more. And over time, the disease takes the afflicted so far away that they cannot be healed without major reformation. It happens slowly, you see, with little ill intent. People seldom go bankrupt overnight. A day or two of spending more than you make will do no harm. But if the trends continue slowly, over time the bills pile up and your credit rating goes down and people find themselves buried in debt and the road to recovery is arduous and painful. The Reformation needed to happen. The church had lost its way. And what followed was arduous and painful. What followed was hundreds of years of conflict and bitterness and war. As the adherents of Christianity, the followers of the Prince of Peace would do battle, slander, persecute, and murder each other, all in the name of Jesus, all under the guise of religion, when the real issue, of course, was power. Yes, the Reformation needed to happen. In reality, the church and each of us are in constant need of reformation. Look around now. Look around at our country. Look at our environment. Look at our oceans. Uncivil discourse. Unraveling families. By show of hands now, you're participating. By show of hands, who wants change? (laughs) Just as I expected. Now then, let me ask you another question. Who here wants to change yourself. Oh. It's pretty interesting, is it not, though, that everyone seems to want progress, but most of us don't really want to change ourselves very much. Jesus. Jesus was the master of new beginnings. He offered every sinner a fresh start. But you know what a fresh start demands? Change. Go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. But you need to repent. And what does repent mean? It means go in a different direction, a better direction for your health, for your family, for your community. Following Jesus implies, no, rather following Jesus demands change. A change in habits a change in priorities, a change in heart or mind, putting yourself in the path of the gospel. The church had lost its way, and it did not happen overnight. It happened over time, one misguided step at a time, and over time, the poor decisions became a habit, and they became church policy. The church was in desperate need of reformation, The Reformation would be hard, careers would be ruined, institutional flux, and lives would be lost. So what is it for you? What is it in your life that needs reform? What is it that keeps you from going forward? What is it that keeps you from having that fresh start that you were offered by Jesus? 
What keeps you from abundant, healthy life? What is it that needs to be eliminated in your life or added or just reformed? Repent, reform, change. Does this sound like good news to you or bad news to you? John the Baptist preached it. So did Jesus. So did Paul. So did Luther. Is it good news or is it bad news? The call of Jesus to repent, to go in a new direction, is good news. And the call of Martin Luther to the Roman Catholic Church, it was good news. It is a call to new life, new life based in truth, knowing that as you started the sermon off with, the truth will set us free. It does not rely on fear or superstition or eternal punishment in the fires of hell. Good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news, and the call to reform or to repent is forward-looking and optimistic in nature. It's a call to new life, and the underlying message is this. It's not too late. It is not too late for you. It is not too late. God has not given up on you, and God has not given up on the church, but both are in constant need of reformation. And that reformation will be hard. And change is uncomfortable. The truth be told, sometimes we would rather wallow in our own despair than muster the energy to change our habits. The church had lost its way. It did not happen overnight. The church had lost its way one misguided step at a time, a slow descent away from the teachings of Jesus. Sometimes we lose our way, too. Sometimes we wander off. There is a little bit of that prodigal son or daughter in all of us. And how will we find our way back to Jesus? How will we turn it around? The same way we got lost. We will turn it around one day at a time, one good decision followed by another. What can I do today, in this minute, in this hour? What can I do that will benefit my life and my health and my family and my community? You see, we think sometimes it's about the big decisions in life, but it's not. The big decisions in life pale in comparison to the daily choices that we make. Those small choices will determine our quality of life and perhaps our quantity of years as well. For instance, like with young people, what college you go to is not nearly as important as how you apply yourself once you get there. Now hear this, my friends. This is about as practical as it gets. It's not pie-in-the-sky theology. It's about, not about saving you for eternity. It's about your life right now. So I might ask again, what is it that needs reformation in your life? What needs to change going forward that you might have a better chance at the abundant life that God desires for you? What needs more attention and what needs to go? What will reformation look like too, we might ask, at Trinity Lutheran Church? Can we live with less rules and more grace? Can we overcome our institutional need for control? Can we reflect upon and not repeat the sins of prejudice of previous generations? Can we truly be a place where everyone is welcome? 
Can we drive out the fear of scarcity and be set free to share abundantly? 500 years ago, the church had lost its way. It lost sight of Jesus. 500 years ago, common people of faith, they did not know Jesus. They only knew the fraudulent Jesus, the angry, vengeful fraud rolled out by a misguided church. So I'm ending now. And this is what I want you to do. Stay close to Jesus. Get to know Jesus. You have nothing to fear from him. Jesus never met a sinner, a traitor, an adulterer that he did not embrace and grace, call to repentance, and offer a new beginning. So stay close to Jesus and stay close to each other. Because we need both. And that's the truth. And the truth will make us free. Just stay right where you're at. Carl's going to sing for us. Give me Jesus 
but give me Jesus. And seated, uh, Ellen's going to come forward and lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and our response, your mercy is great. Let us pray. Let us pray. Set free by the truth of God's gracious love, we lift our prayers to God. We pray for all who long for a word of truth and for the radical grace that flows from the cross and your word. We give thanks to Martin Luther and reformers in every age who seek to do your will. Inspire congregations to bodily and freely proclaim your love and welcome for all people. Hear us, O God. You bring healing, O God. We pray for all who need healing. We lift up all those in our gathered community, those who are absent from us, and those in the online community beyond these walls. Be with all those hearts who ache and long for health and forgiveness. Hear us, O oh God. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for those who affirm their faith this day. Tevrin Murray and Estelle Thorson, let them and all your people look to you for guidance and always seek to honor you by loving and serving your people with grace. Hear us, O oh God. Only you know the depths of our hearts, O oh God. Call this congregation to loving action, striving for peace and justice in your name throughout the world and in our own community. And open our eyes to what you are doing among us. Hear us, O oh God. We pray for your creation, O oh God, and for all who make climate possibility, that they may see beyond narrow interests and be guided to bold solutions that heal this planet and provide a nurturing environment, excuse me, a nurturing environment in which future generations may thrive. Hear us, O oh God. Into your hands, faithful God, we place ourselves and our prayers, spoken and unspoken, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I would invite you to stand. Peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another.
Thank you for sharing in that gradient piece. Thank you for sharing. Get a sense that that sharing will go right on for quite a while, which is exactly what we want. So after service, come over into the gym, continuing the sharing, catching up with each other, always looking for new faces. Welcome those people who are among us. They're here every week. And uh, while you're over there, have some coffee and cookies as well in the coffee hour. Uh, this afternoon, 3 o'clock, there's a concert right here. Um, WICO, which is Woodby Island Community Orchestra. It's 3 o'clock. Some of our members are in that orchestra. It's a fabulous community orchestra. They're going to be right here in the sanctuary. It's 3 o'clock. I think there's a free will offering, but uh, there's no tickets or anything else. You just show up, and uh, I think the game will be long over by then, so you can come out today at 3 o'clock for that. Uh, quilts. Did you notice there were quilts in the uh, sanctuary today? Yeah, what a beautiful story. The women in our church um, make quilts all year long, hundreds of quilts. So over the years, thousands of quilts. And these quilts go out through Lutheran World Relief all across the world, the places where there are disasters, uh, where people don't have the warmth and comfort of the quilts. Uh, our quilters here, any of our quilters here, raise your hand. I see several of you here. We thank you for your, uh, yes, thank you for this very tangible uh, expression of God's love. And the flowers today are, are donated by uh, uh, Joanne and Gary Guernsey in honor of those quilters. So what I want you to do is just kind of feel the quilt in front of you or next to you. I want you to imagine that going to Florida or going to Afghanistan or going to Africa. Uh, when we were in Jerusalem at the Augusta Victoria Hospital one time touring, uh, there we saw Palestinians who were receiving uh, treatment for cancer, and they had quilts like that on their laps that came not necessarily from us, but some uh, church in the United States. So just put a hand on those quilts, and I would invite, uh, invite us to pr pr have a prayer for those quilts. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the warmth of this sanctuary and the welcome that we've received here. May we never take the blessing of our life for granted. We know that much of the world suffers in conditions that are less than your intention for them. Your children of all nations suffer from the consequences of greed and war and natural disaster. We pray that these quilts may go forth from our place of worship to the corners of the earth as a tangible sign of your love. Bless the hands of those who lovingly made these quilts and bless those who will huddle beneath them seeking warmth and comfort. We pray not understanding the mysteries of this world, but we pray believing that you have called us to make a difference in the world. May we devote our lives to good works and acts of charity as a response to God's love for us. Amen. And I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. I'll move Martin Luther. Good morning. Let's see, Adult Ed this morning, 9.15, down in the fireside room. Uh, this morning we're continuing with the biblical narrative and how uh, understanding the narrative helps us to understand the message. So that will be, uh, again, in fireside room between services. And next Sunday morning, Alex Eby from Southwood Be Young Life will be here talking about um, young life on the island and youth ministry and all those great things. So again, 9.15, 
on Sunday mornings. And this morning at our 1030 service, we will be um, affirming the baptism or confirming two of our wonderful students, Estelle Thorson and uh, Tevran Murray, will be here. So prayers and blessings with those families this morning. And we celebrate with cake afterwards. And then after that, at 12 o'clock, we have our high school youth group. It meets every Sunday from 12 to 2. And then Wednesdays, middle school kids meet from 4 to 5.30. Always something fun going on. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Amy. Word now about, uh, about the meal that we are about to share. Um, and the most important word is all are welcome. All are welcome always. Doesn't matter where your journey's been. Doesn't matter how many detours in your life you've had or how long it's been since you've been in church. You are welcome always because uh, the Lutherans don't own the table. This is Jesus' table. He's the one and only host. So the ushers will help you to come down the center aisle towards our little uh, Jordan River there where the um, young people will confirm their faith of the next service. Uh, there you will receive the host, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily. Um, and then you will dip it and tinct it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice will have wine. The second chalice of grape juice. Uh, we also have gluten-free uh, elements as well. But most importantly, just know that you are always welcome at this table. Um, I would invite you now uh, to stand as we move towards the table. Gathered now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents. Gathered at a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe this day. We gather here, and we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be truly present with us. In confidence now, let us pray as he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven.
fed and forgiven, go out those doors to make a difference in the world. You'll go places this week that only you can go. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In our sending him, my hope is built on nothing less. Thank you.